oh, you're getting married. That's the biggest accomplishment you're going to have besides having a baby. It's like, fuck that. I went through going to school. I got two double bachelors. I'm currently getting my master's. I bought a house by my damn self. I've traveled yeah. to 16 countries, half of them by my own black ass self. Where's my party? <laughs> Where's my accomplished single party? I want that. Where's my pole dancing pole party bus? Welcome back to I'm the Villain. Um, today we have a very, uh, a topic that both DeAndre and I love talking about, which is dating and relationships and romance. And, and how, how everyone's doing it wrong. Is fucking ruining our lives. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and thing so, the millennials have fucked up. God damn. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so today our guest is Audie from the Your Odyssey Awaits podcast, an amazing title, <laughs> incorporating your name and everything. So go check that out. Um, I'll link her podcast in the show notes. Um, but why don't you just give a quick little bio for yourself, anything you think the audience should know about you? Hi, my name is Audie. Uh, let's see, I'm almost 28 because I need a couple of weeks again to that mind frame. So I'm not <laughs> totally shooketh with the age of time. Uh, I am currently a nurse, been doing so for five years. Also work at my master's in biomedical informatics, which I have said, it sounds more complicated than it actually is. I just say it out. So I just sound smarter, you know, brownie points. Uh, <laughs> like they said, I have the Your Odyssey Awakening it's a travel podcast where I go over my previous travel experiences as well as I bring guests along. I go over tips and tricks on how to plan your own trips because I believe that we do not need to keep wasting our time to have people come along in our journeys. Just go ahead, do the fuck yourself. It's not that hard. It's very simple. Uh, but yeah, I'm happy to be on his show. So are you... Are you single and like loving it and down or are you kind of resentful of it? Oh, both. It's both. I mean, <laughs> it's like, who is, I mean, do I want like a partner to like, you know, make me food, cuddle with me, you know, share my hopes and dreams, have a dog that I can also co-own with? Of course. But then I talk to my friends who are taken or married and I hear about their woes. It's like, mm, that's too messy or that's more drama than I can handle with just myself. So it's like, it ebbs and flows. Uh, so right now I would say I'm okay, but wedding season's coming up with a couple of my college friends. So that's going to go downhill again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, I missed it. How old are you? I am. Tw I am almost 28. Okay. Oh, I'm 28 too. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like the clock is ticking, but what is this clock or does the clock really have a time frame? I don't know. It's just me trying to redefine all this crap. Right. So talk like talk about i guess your journey i guess around dating but generally as well like you know you've never been in a relationship how has that you know how's that happened how have you managed to avoid it <laughs> hey, hey 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 i'm sorry he's implying that it wasn't it's entirely my fault <laughs> yeah I don't, well i think it's 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 kind of it's kind of sketchy to be like imply the other way around right <laughs> like I will say it's okay. 
I'll get back to that. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to figure. Uh, let's start back to, you know, where I was born and raised. Uh, so I am, <laughs> I feel like that'll give some good context of where things may have probably definitely gone wrong with my life and my perceptions of what things would do. Uh, so, yes, I am Nigerian-American, born to two Nigerian immigrants. But I was born and raised in a small city called Tyler, Texas. It's in the East Texas area. It's okay, but the area, especially the surrounding cities, you can definitely feel the stereotypical hickness of Texas right there. So that was strike one on what the heck I needed in my life. And then parents Catholic, so logically during this time frame of the early 2000s, 90s and 2000s, hey, let's send our child to a private school where, lo and behold, I am the one of the handful of Black people and one of two Nigerians in a land of white, rich white mainly. So yeah. there was that too. So my attraction to people was, it was just set to that one standard until college. So there was that. So back then, darkest one. I was also tall. I was on the bigger side, but I'm sorry. That sweets are delicious. Uh, but dating was never really an option for me in middle school or high school because one, no one really was looking my way for what I could recognize. I don't know. I was kind of dense too. So that's probably my fault as well. I acknowledge this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But also going back to whole Nigerian child who was raised Catholic. Um, I'm trying to study and go to school. So this this would not really work. And also, I wasn't really feeling anybody in high school. There was like, no, I did not see anyone that was relatively attractive enough for me to think, ooh, I'll give you my time long term. Nah, thank God I got out of that trap. <laughs> so yeah, from there, uh, for college, I went to University of Houston because no one really knew or cared about University of Houston back in the early 2010s. So little chance of me ever seeing my high school cohort. So great call on my end. Came down here. It was like uh, a culture shock in terms of like just people there, the different cultures, ethnicities, the food, uh, the lifestyle just a total change up. So there were more options, I will admit, but I was just at that point still like a sheltered, sweet, very naive, a sweet summer child of a, of a girl who just <laughs> came from a small town. So um, I had to learn some things a little bit later than some of my other friends at cohorts. Uh, but yeah, I think I didn't really get into dating like in terms of like going out on dates or actually opening myself up until like probably four five years of me being in Houston so I was in nursing school at this point um but didn't care about dating well I did but I was in nursing school so I was literally dying uh so people would either go to alcohol for the stress uh, some other people went through drugs and uh, mine was like my sexual exploration, to say the least. And yeah, that, that happened. But now, uh, currently been a nurse for over five years now. I work in the Texas Medical Center. I first worked in neurosurgery, acute care. Now I'm in an onco 
in a cancer hospital. And first, of course, with my career, um, how many men are in nursing? That's mm-hmm. the first. That's the first yeah. problem right there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, despite what Grey's Anatomy has shoved down our throats in over 15 years, and I too was a Grey's Anatomy baby in the start, so I understand what hopes that they had misled me. Um, you are not always hooking up with a doctor in the hospital. You may not even have the choice or the option to be with a doctor in the hospital. And if you are, <laughs> most likely you're an ICU nurse. That's another stipulation they did stress in that dang show. Because mm-hmm. when I was back in my old job, it's like every time the residents were hooking up or dating somebody, it was usually like, oh, ICU nurse and like in the blonde white region, except for like one like mixed girl with brown hair. I'm proud of her. She did well. I love that girl. She's basically my niece. But, <laughs> but yeah, dating has been weird. And also, why have all these female friends and colleagues and none of them, you know, are actively looking for you or all them saying, go to church? It's like, no, I'm not going to church for a man. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that's kind of wrong. And also I kind of sort of maybe left the church. Mom mm-hmm. still thinks the phase. So we'll see now. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a eventful and uneventful time in my twenties. And at this point it's like, should I just go for matchmaking? But I know it's like probably a scam and it's just like, they just put your, they just put like a bunch of names on a wall. They'll get probably like some darts They'll throw the dar on the wall. Whatever name sticks, I'll probably be matched with. So not in the mood for that desperation just yet. We'll see. <laughs> when, yeah. 2021 may change my mind. So I'm leaning more towards it as far as I can tell. Well, I do feel like there's a lot of newly single people after this pandemic. That like is for sure. <laughs> I almost like more than half the people I know have who are in relationships have broken up because I really feel like I mean, like if you're stuck <laughs> with your partner for a long period of time at home, it really right. opens up your eyes to things. So Right. Well, how many I mean, really, how many relationships can survive a global crisis? I think right. we have discovered the answer is a minority of them. Yeah. Hey, there you know? are some that have actually started and thriving as we speak, which amazing, but also <laughs> amazing. how fucking dare you? Yeah. It's <laughs> calling out my my coworker right now. It's like she met her boyfriend on Tinder during the pandemic. And I was the one who basically like got her bio and everything together. Couple oh of weirdos. God. I know. I, I feel like I'm I'm responsible for the relationship. Can I please at least get like an invite if the wedding is a feasibility? <laughs> right. Some of the money from the guests. Like I get like a five percent cut of the honeymoon money. I don't know. But <laughs> honestly, she's she's super selfish <laughs> for not for not paying you out. Thank you. That's what I've been trying to say to her. But yeah, there's some weirdos, some pervs, a guy probably in the mafia. Thank God that was out of the way. She found a really good one at the end. So mm. yeah. Okay. But, so so speaking of the apps, are you on them? Oh, bruh. Uh, I'm, I, I have to. I, what else can I do? I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> there's no hot McSteamy or dreamies. In my life, I mean, there are, but they're already taken, and I cannot yeah. be the side hoe. I, I have morals, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, I. It's so. It is just so wild to me how just in the span of a couple of years, it's just. 
there now seems to be really just nothing but the apps, right? Like, I feel like I know so many people who are like, I have no choice. This is all there, there is. I mean, there really is. And I mean, like, right? meeting with friends, it's like, I mean, how many friends do you really have in your adulthood after college? And yeah. then there's church, which again, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speed dating, which still exists, but because of the apps, not many people are participating in. And especially with COVID no. too, it's it's awkward as fuck. Because I went to like a speed dating thing and it's kind of weird, like social distancing and have a mask on. It's like, how can I fully assess my person? Mm-hmm. So yeah, the apps are unfortunately the way of life right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, how's it been? Has it been awful? It's been the same level of awful. And I, at least I can count on, well, I can say the thirst, the thirstiness of Tinder has definitely gotten worse since the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> there are people that are like, listen, it's been a year. <laughs> I'll pay you money. I'll I do mean, anything. I mean, that doesn't tell me anything. That means like, oh, so this is going to end very quickly. And this is a waste of our time. So goodbye. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like even just conversation skills are just down the drain. Yeah. So talk about, I mean, so what's your mindset right now on the apps? Are you like, are you kind of targeting people that want to, you know, get into something serious and like, you know, want to like settle down soon? Like, is that your demo or are you, you know, you can say like down for whatever DTF, Uh, are you casual? What's up? Um, I hate both. I mean, my overall end game, yes, is to find someone I can just call like my partner, my person, just someone I can just just be with long term. But no lie, I am a healthy growing woman and I do have <laughs> I have needs. Yeah. So if it's not going to happen anytime soon, like why deprive myself? But then it's like weird navigating conversations. Like um, how should I gear? Should I gear with like the serious or the slutty? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's that. But uh, lately I lean more towards like being more serious about it or at least just being upfront. Then again, you think you'd be upfront with your bio, but nah, no one reads that shit. So what's the point of me even r- trying to type up this memoir of myself? Mm-hmm. Sure. So what, I mean, what's your, I feel like everyone has a primary app and then everyone has like some kind of some satellite stuff that they might visit, but what's your primary? Uh, unfortunately, my go-to is Tinder. Mm-hmm. It's just what I grew no, that's up with. problem. What- <laughs> I know, I know. It's because the other ones I've just had so many issues with, either in terms of like turnout of matches and or responsiveness or just like the people on there. Like Bumble, I like the concept initially, but one, it's primarily white guys. It is Bumble is a very, very white app. It's a very white app. That's the first one. And then like, yeah, sure, a girl has to message first, which I'm already fucking doing anyway, so whatever. <laughs> but then like keeping up the conversation. But yeah, very white. So that got going real quick. Uh, plenty of fish, a lot of pervs, like a lot of older perverted men. It was It got uncomfortable real quick. Coffee, uh-huh. coffee meets bagel. Like it's you only get like up to like maybe five to ten, like possible matches a day, or like people you can swipe on, and not that great, and not really great with starting up conversations. So didn't like that. And then there's Facebook dating. 
because Facebook is really trying to capitalize on the thirst level of people during the pandemic. So tried that. Not bad. It's, it's, I've gotten some good conversations and the date out of it from Facebook dating. So not totally knocking it, just kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah. You're missing the one that I actually think is the best one. Which one is it? I think that OkCupid is the best dating app. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's my. I think that like the barrier, like you know, you got to put a lot of work into your bio, but I think that everyone has to put in that work, and people who aren't gonna put in that work, like, won't, like, aren't gonna compete. You know, like they just won't answer the game. You know, I mean, I, I, I do, there. I agree, I do agree with that concept of it. I do like how even though it is very time consuming, like you're right. Putting that extra work does prove like how much you're really into it. So I do like that concept of okay Cupid, but it's just been like kind of same thing. Not many good results. And the one good one I had kind of was like a very bad memory towards him. So I kind of unfortunately had that negative association between okay Cupid right. and the previous guy. But I do agree. Like the layout for it, it does make more sense if you are, more serious on the dating aspect well and mm -hmm. it's supposed to be geared towards like all the like a lot of these dating apps are all owned by the same big company right like the match corporation yeah. and it seems like okay cupid is the one that they have in their portfolio that's like geared towards people who are trying to have these like more long-term serious relationships right yeah, yeah for sure so i mean so how how far along have you made it with someone from from the apps Mm, at most just like a date or two but never like lock i think the most i think top of my head was like when i first started off the dating apps and there was like a few guys were actually put on a couple of dates with talked with hung out with like a couple of months but we didn't you know dtr define their relationship and then when i finally like is again young me young sweet summer child me just trying to figure out like okay what the fuck am I doing here? And I finally approached them face to face months later into this, like, hey, what the heck are we? It's like, oh no, we're just cool with each other. It's like, what does that mean? It's like, <laughs> You're like, what do you like, mean we're just cool with each other? <laughs> I'm cool with the mailman, but we're not official. What the heck, man? Yeah, like I don't <laughs> smash my mailman. So hey, 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 we worked hard in 2020 to sexualize the postal service. So <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I always wonder how people actually do initiate those types of relationships, <laughs> like with their delivery person or like with their mailman or whatever, or their gardeners. I'm just like, are you like afraid of <laughs> social backlash of that? Like, I just really wonder how people initiate those things. I mean, if they're cool, they're cool. So, you know, it's a good, stable government job. It's like, who are we mad at, guys? They're, they're a catch. They're the, mile, the miles they walk to do their job. They're fit. Their calves are fine. <laughs> give some respect. This, the weather they have to go through to just give some paper in a box. That's commitment. Yeah. Honestly, maybe the Postal Service should start dating out. <laughs> Everybody they should just should. do like a, a calendar, just like, you know, that rowing team from England or whatever, you know? <laughs> I, mean, I feel like everybody or any subspecialty has a dating app. Like if farmers only it can exist, why can't the Postal Service? 
Yeah. yeah. Well, well. Here's my question: Is there an app that's known for having more black people on it? Because my my housemate just recently got on the apps because he went through a breakup and he was asking this question, and I had no idea. I I think there's like there's definitely like apps out there like more niche ones in the app stores that are geared towards like race. So, like there's I've seen some geared towards black people, Asians. Heck, my coworker found her her now husband on Minder, Muslim Tinder. So Oh wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've not heard of that one. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure that there's something that I'm not privy to. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. It seems like the kind of thing that is more is like less acceptable than something like a Christian mingle because it feels like you're being racist. Right. Like there's like it feels, you know, I mean, I understand where they're coming from with that thought process. But in the end of the day, I mean, yes, people do have their preferences, but also you need to evaluate like why exactly are your preferences like that? Like why exactly are you only set with black people or with Asians or with white people? Uh, yeah. It was like for like physical characteristics. Like, I mean, yeah, I will admit I am privy to like a nice, delicious Asian man because mm-hmm. people have been sleeping on it until finally K-pop has made the world realize what <laughs> men out there. I've been on this before <laughs> BTS took over the world. So now I got to share, but <laughs> 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 yeah, it's really preferences are such a a kind of hard thing to navigate, right? Because you don't want like you if you meet someone that's like, well, listen, I just don't, I'm not attracted to black people. Like, obviously, that like stems from racism, but at the same time, you can't like you don't want them to be like, well, you need to force yourself to date black people because like the poor black people that have to date this person that's trying to like use them to you know dismantle their internal internal bias or whatever right like right mm-hmm. it's like i don't want to be used as like number one i feel like people like would swipe at me especially guys of other races is due to fetishizing me as a black woman yeah. or they want to prove a point i mean i had an, a couple of guys mainly indian who have asked like hey so uh how am i or am i as big as a black guy it's like why the fuck are you assuming that mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not a that's not a cool thing, dude. I, and also, I don't know why. I I'm, I haven't had a large enough sample population for me to give a good, accurate assessment. This is not. This should not be the second question you ask. On oh, a for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, there's like this fine line between there being like this. This it's just like hard. It's just very nuanced, right? This notion between like fetishization and then being like, because like we've had we've had people on who we were talking through like you know i really want a person of color as my therapist like one of our most recent episodes was talking about uh, that and was, you know she was like a filipino woman and it's just like oh like on the one hand yeah you know like there's all of these like racialized biases within our society right. that privileges certain people as being within the conventionally attractive like elite or whatever but then on the flip side it is genuinely true that like those whatever those you know identifiers are produce a certain set of experiences that only other people who share that you know identity with you are really able to get and you might not want to have to go through the whole process of explaining that to people that's true i do agree with that and i do agree especially in terms like the medical standpoint like yes those biases do occur and it does help to have someone who yes has a good understanding of the experiences so you're not wasting time going all over it again and also wasting more money on a session but also there has been like shown bias on like people of color when it comes to medicine that 
it honestly it just makes more sense to see someone that just just gets it yeah yeah <laughs> um so do you feel like you've been benefited at all by sort of like lying in wait and you know like you have you do you feel like you're learning from other people's mistakes and relationships i guess is what i'm asking mm, i would think so just because again since i've never been in one so i don't have an idea of what I'm still like learning like what exactly I want, what my needs are, what my current expectations are in my life. And then just like seeing a couple of my friends who are in relationships or currently in their next phase in their life of going into marriage, just seeing what work is needed to put in to keep the relationship fresh, keep that open line of communication always available and just seeing that sometimes um, if relationship does not work out, it's probably neither partner's fault because people like people are still growing in their 20s. Like you're not set in your ways when you get married and like 23, 24. It's like you still have a lot of things growing. You still try and figure some things out. You may have different views on life, different ways of seeing things, different approaches, different aspirations and goals. And unfortunately, I've seen it where it doesn't mesh well with your partner. Like what you and your partner are now could vary drastically and be probably even incompatible versus like how you were when you started things off. So if you don't like, I've seen that if they don't take the time to acknowledge this and try to work with their partner's changes and see if they can grow together with all this and just say stubbornly stagnant on their ways, then I've seen relationships like, go down under so it's nice knowing that that it's a normal occurrence it's not just me being weird about it so it's just how you would approach it or how i guess how much effort it takes not just to start a relationship but actually still be in it in the long term so oh yeah I, I I recently saw a tweet that was like, "Oh yeah, I'm 32 and single. That means like I avoided my first divorce." You know? <laughs> <laughs> what is your idea? Because I live with you said you're raised Catholic. Like I'm li- currently living with a bunch of Catholics right now. And is it basically like you, as you were growing up, you were socialized to believe in this extremely traditional, like okay, get married, have kids, like vision of what your ideal relationship would look like, or what was your that was part of like that was part of it. Yeah. Thankfully, with my parents, especially my mom, they're a bit more progressive on that especially with my mom's Mm -hmm. like background with where she came from so uh yeah that's like the idea just like have get married have kids but don't like let that be the end of things like still pursue your career still pursue your aspirations so as of now uh of course yes they would like for me to be happily married and be starting a family because you know it's time for the grandbabies but they understand where I'm coming from they understand that I'm going through my own path into my own happiness and what I need to go through to get there because my mom like me was also is also a nurse so she understands how hard that job is both for physically emotionally mentally and then also with school as well it's like another priority like I don't need a relationship or other I hate to say obstacles like a family to distract me. It's just best to get all this out of the way while I'm single, little distractions so I can get that part of my life out of the way so I can free myself up and also just more time for me to grow mentally because in some aspects, I would say I do act mature on my own age, but 
I just haven't had certain life experiences and living alone and just dealing with myself, especially learning to like myself, not love myself. That's still a process. Just like myself alone. It took some time to get there. So now I feel more comfortable where I can feel more vulnerable in a relationship if it does occur. So I'm kind of happy in hindsight that it hasn't happened in my early to mid twenties. Annoyed, but kind of happy. But I feel like, yeah, I think I've grown. I I accomplish things. I have like a nice, a full time job. I make good money. I just bought a house. I'm worldly. So wow, many, congratulations. Someone, worldly. Exactly. <laughs> I I'm not a picky eater. It's like that's it's, much. Exactly. It's, it's I feel like it's a very important attribute to your partner when you go out to eat but yeah i feel like i think i'm ready for someone to notice my greatness i think it's time now yeah i really feel like i have so many friends who are in this very particular stage of life where so i i'm not single i've been in a relationship for like uh i want to say almost six years now but i Thanks. And it's been an open relationship, too, which I think actually has very much added to the stability of the relationship because I don't really worry about things like I feel like a lot of people really have this like extreme anxiety over their partners cheating on them. Yes. And I feel like none of that. Like I I recently learned this term because I have a lot of friends who are poly like DeAndre's poly and a lot of friends who are in the poly space. We... I didn't even know the term like compersion, which is like the opposite of jealousy of kind of getting like turned on by your part, like the idea of your partner being attracted to other people or like having sex with other yeah. people and that kind of thing. And yeah, right. And before I, and like, once you learn the label for it, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I'm like extremely compersive. And it's just like totally the opposite of what society tells you to feel or do. Right. right? My understanding of that emotion is that like it's not necessarily like inherently ske- like sexual, right? It's just like you're right, right. it like makes you happy that your partner is into someone else or like you know that they like right. are able to have that feeling. Yeah. Okay. I really associate it with kind of this larger I've like have been having a lot of my thinking recently has been around like the scarcity mindset that it feels like we're all in on a lot of different levels societally and I feel like that is what shapes so much of our millennial like anxiety just about generally like things in the world right and I think like economically it's such a huge factor but also in the dating space it's like such a huge factor right of feeling like oh like you know the older I get the the more like, you know, good people are going to be gone or like, you know, having the scarcity mindset, you know, and I really like the notion of compersion because it, it kind of makes it feel like there's this abundance mindset. Like I'm really into the idea now of thinking of what things can push us more towards having an abundance mindset as opposed to a scarcity mindset, because I feel like that's a root of a lot of our trauma and anxiety and stuff like that, you know? Okay. I never really thought about it that way. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. (laughs) Because I, um, yeah, go I, ahead. Oh, just going off of what Isabel was saying, I, I, as Isabel noted, like I am in, uh, non-monogamous relationships. I have like kind of one primary partner that I've been with for almost four years, um, and I'm seeing two other people. Okay. Um, and yeah, I just I very much agree with like the, like, 
one, I think by virtue of doing this thing, you have to be pretty communicative, right? Like you have to talk about things. Um, I, feel like that, you know, obviously- I feel like that's the only way that would actually just work and benefit either party without hurting anybody. Oh, more. yeah. Because like, I think that the a common misconception is that like jealousy goes away and it definitely doesn't, right? Like, and mm-hmm. it just means that when it comes up, you really have to like kind of confront it head on and talk about it. Right. And I found that, yeah, I'm like my relationships that i'm in now have been like the most communicative and healthy that i've ever been in but um yeah i i agree like it's like a pressure is gone that i definitely kind of felt i used to be like a pretty like serial monogamous before i started dating my current primary partner so mm-hmm. yeah and especially if you have this notion of like the one like that is the literal like like logical extreme of the scarcity mindset right yeah. Actually, <laughs> oh my god yes Odie, i want i wanted to get your opinion on that like did you do you feel that like are you how what's your opinion on like soulmates and like okay the one and that's, things that's like that, that that enough besides Grey's anatomy that's the next biggest crap that set a lot of people up for failure because so for one soulmate it can be not just like like relationship like romantic but also just like platonic in terms of friendship like have i felt like a friend soulmate yes i have accomplished that but in terms of like relationships i feel like that just like limits you so much because i feel like you have the idea that if you don't meet that so-called one person that like supposedly is supposed to mesh well with you for all time eternity then you're a failure or if like if you go through divorce, it's like, well, that was my one. Who else will want me now? Like, no, there's other people out there. How many damn people are in this damn population? I'm using damn too much. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I feel yeah, like we, it just, we allow it, cursing on the phone. <sighs> Great, fuck that. I've, I've put that one in there, but. It's just so damn limiting and stressful just believing like there's like the one person in your life. And I did kind of fall. I did fall for that crap, too. But recently I learned, especially like with friends that got out of like terrible marriages and then started over like in a new chapter of lives, found another person like you. There are multiple people out there for you. Maybe the person you have right now, again, may not be the person later on or you may it's maybe your attitudes or your preferences are not exactly what you were looking for or need in your life too. So it's a very, it's a very hindering concept that I'm happy that more people are kind of moving away from, but I, it had, I was also suckered into it at some point. Oh yeah. Yeah. Same for like, you know, most of my life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I blame rom-coms. Rom-coms are dangerous bitches is it yeah (laughs) so is disney like previous renaissance disney and before it's just no yeah i think i mean it's hard to think of almost any media that like portrays just healthy positive outlooks on romance and relationships and and not just that (laughs) but like they focus on like the actual journey of getting into relationship but then you don't get much content about like okay so i'm with this person now someone show me what the hell are we going to deal with with each other like all the trials tribulations all the issues you're going to face no 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 no. we're going to worry about that in the after credit scene it's a whole separate and like so distinct exactly challenges right and i think that that is why i mean it's part of the reason why we see like really high divorce rates and just like hear of a lot of like some like some like really tough communication barriers between couples right right 
Yeah. I mean, it's almost like, I feel like it's almost like a mid-level marketing scheme, right? It's literally just like you. the whole goal is to get as many people into it as possible and then focus <laughs> not at all on the actual, because like, you know most why, but also part of, of the scheme? relationship. Weddings. Weddings are yeah. a, <laughs> Why is it so unnecessarily expensive? Yes, there are some services. I do agree. They do need to make their money. I get it. But overall, why is this costing me an arm and a leg and my other mortgage this makes no sense Mm -hmm. yeah right 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 so try and like and it's such a like it just feeds into this like you know like the romanticization of romance where it's just like oh my god like what an incredible accomplishment it is like this is like probably like for most people the biggest celebration they're gonna have of themselves as a person is their wedding because right? I think like, oh, you're getting married. That's the biggest accomplishment you're going to have besides having a baby. It's like, fuck that. I went through going to school. I got two double bachelors. I'm currently getting my master's. I bought a house by my damn self. I've traveled yeah. to 16 countries, half of them by my own black ass self. Where's my party? <laughs> Where's my accomplished single party? I want that. Where's my pole dancing pole party bus? I can still get it, but it's not as hyped up. It's even weird to me that we, I mean, we obviously frame like, yeah, being in relationships and like getting married as an accomplishment, but even that framing in of itself, I think is so kind of weird and fucked up, right? It's like you have accomplished something by finding someone that, you know, you have a thing with, but like, it's weird to even frame that as accomplishment because it's something that like ultimately I feel is kind of out of your control, right? Like you right. meet someone, yeah. if you meet them, you can like put yourself out there, but at the end of the day, right? Like it takes two to tango. So like, right. So like why you really shouldn't like measure, like measure this thing as an accomplishment because. Well, and also kind of- you've accomplished nothing. Like you, most of the time like, hey, before you've gotten like married, you. assuming you like it's me. a good. Do you want to spend time <laughs> with each other long-term? Sure. Let's throw 40,000, right. if not over, on this. Congratulations. <laughs> you accomplished, right. and you're just you like, accomplished liking a person more than the rest of society. That's the bare minimum. And most of the time, you haven't even, like, that's like, what, you've gone through 10% of your relationship, assuming you have a long-lasting marriage and it's a, a, a successful relationship, right? Like, right. that, like, my, like, you know, flirtation period with my partner where we were actually like doing the logistical shit of figuring out if we were actually in alignment on our like values and stuff like that was like so long ago and like so i barely remember that and like that's like really the main thing you need to do to like you know make sure you're actually compatible with someone and like that is just such a small percentage of like what an actual relationship encompasses and that's the only thing we ever make movies about right right (laughs) So Garbo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, I mean, I feel like I am in this state where so many of my friends are experiencing this level of like almost acute desperation where they're like getting older. They're they're doing fucking oh, like fertility it, it, tests it, it, and they're it, like, it oh, my not, God, it is not. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> right. And, and and I really feel like a part of like like kind of growing up for me and like going through my 20s has been just this realization that like 
a lot of my friends who had these very specific visions of what they want their life to be and like, you know, what they like, you know, whether they want to have kids or like whatever it is, is really dependent upon this thing that they have very little control over, which is like finding someone who might be compatible with them. And obviously people have ridiculously high standards. Yeah. And so I'm really going through this, this period where I'm like, oh my God, like you may literally not find somebody who meets these like, specifications of yours and so then like what like you can't even help them right it's like i can either tell you like try to like lower your standards and just settle for somebody or like you literally might just not be able to fulfill this dream of yours which is like a shitty both of those are shitty options yeah right and it's just like what do you do with that realization you know yeah I think that it's funny because we, <laughs> I know exactly who Isabella's talking about, right. and this human, <laughs> this human has like, damn, damn, this, this human. I think it's important to know has like, like standards that are so ridiculously high. You know, it's like I want this person to know to, to know to do this thing without me telling them to do it, kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if if it's an established thing that you've got down as a routine, yeah, sure, but they can't be a mind reader, right? Yeah, right. Oh my god! <laughs> so and then, like, yeah, yeah, like hearing someone say, like, "Oh, lower your standards." Well, do you know what my standards are? And then you already assuming that it's your fault into why you're not in a relationship because, like, you're no, my standards. Like, I just want someone that is respectful, that has goals, that has yeah. a don't fun lower from there. Humor, like those yeah. are mm-hmm. those How are good lower? standards. How lower? Oh, do I want to just marry a stump? Okay, cool. You're you're fine. Go next door. You'll find one easy. But it's literally just like, what you know? Do you do you do? Because like of all of the things that like you know you can like quote unquote accomplish in life, right? Like doing like career stuff or like you know getting a house, whatever. That's really the main thing that requires another person, right, to really be bought into something with you, right? And that's yeah. really hard to find, <laughs> especially the current economy too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, the birth rate supposedly was already going down pre-pandemic, and now after the pandemic, it's going to go down precipitously. Yeah, supposedly, <laughs> yeah, because like not only are people not dating and like not finding people, but so many people are breaking up, right? And also, according so. to like a lot of people have struggled financially. Like a lot of people have lost their jobs or had to oh, yeah. change things up. So whatever hope you had of like even affording a human child, it's just down the drain. So so many factors behind that. So many factors. The answer is children are overrated. Just the dog or dogs and animals are new children, and plants are new pets. Mm. Right. That actually that goes into. A, <laughs> first of all, that's very funny. But that also goes into a question that. I was going to ask you that I forgot that I just remembered, which is, yeah, I mean, it seems, I think I know the answer to this question, but do you, is your picture for your life in the future still like, you know, kind of like Catholic-y, Catholic-y like marriage and kids, or is it more flexible now? Mm. Uh, I definitely, I would like to be married or at least be with someone long-term if mm-hmm. marriage is a thing, or at least we can find a cheaper way of doing it. Awesome. Kids, uh, right now, I am on the fence about, like, I like kids, but more like 
as an aunt where I get to be with them, hang out with them, be cool with them. And they <laughs> start acting the fuck up. Exactly. It's like, I'm going to return you back to the library of parents. I'm going to, we'll talk back in two weeks and get your act together. But like 24 seven, as I feel like the only way I would do that is if I have twins. Therefore, I just get like one and done. I'm done having any kids. They can be each other's best friends, raise each other. But I don't know. That's just me being very hopeful. Uh, but I would not mind the family aspect. Just like a small family don't need to be too much. I don't believe kids should ever outnumber the adults in the household. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, but it's, it's, I don't know, because it's also part of my personal fear of going and being pregnant and going into labor, just the entire idea of it. Just, I vaginal tearing. Yes. yes. <laughs> and then if you do a C-section, you're, you're more increased risk of in- catching an infection. If you do a C-section, so like, oh, great. Awesome. And the mat- mortality rate of maternal birth maternal pregnancies is already high enough in such a wonderful country of the United States. Especially among America. black women. Exactly. We had a whole episode on that. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. ridiculously so like, high. If I have my child in like, you know, the Sc- Scandinavia, like Sweden. Yeah, sure. Fuck that. Let's do this here. Mm, I don't feel comfortable with that mess because I would like to be alive and okay for that to be worth my life. But it's that's just a personal fear with me. Uh, but I have considered definitely adoption being another route for myself too, because I feel like, again, there's just, there's too many kids out there that just don't have homes. So instead of just making more when I don't feel comfortable or sure of myself right now, I can at least help where I can. So adopting at least one or two kids is definitely in the, in the cards that I definitely want to look into with a partner. Yeah. But yeah, the whole fam, I would like to at least like find a partner and like spend like maybe like up to five years of our lives together, just growing, getting more of our stuff out of the way. And then once we feel more comfortable, more assured and more financially stable, then yeah, we'll definitely have the conversation about kids. But again, this could always change. Yeah. I mean, it's a personal fear, but it's also a fear that like all of my like college educated friends have i feel like the more you are an educated woman the more you're like looking around at the system <laughs> and you're like oh this doesn't seem like a great deal like you put all this effort in into your education and your career and then you got to just dump a whole new responsibility and whether you become a stay-at-home mom or you are a working mom you're still gonna be judged for it anyway like what the fuck and also the fear of like if my partner are they going to go basically go have these on relation on the responsibilities too that's my other biggest fear because i i don't need that i don't want that yeah i don't want to raise an adult child they can just move back home with their mother if they want to do that yeah yeah, I mean, and and also, like, are you uh, hetero, like, not queer, the straight, I suppose, is the word I was looking for? <laughs> I was like, I think straight is I was like, is what the is the word? Uh, <laughs> a primary, hmm. It's okay if you I would say over, overall, yes, but I have been, the, the bi, I do question at times, I, I will say that. Yeah. I think the kids are yeah, calling it hetero flexible. <laughs> is that what they call it? I've actually heard that. Yeah, I love that. Can, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think heteroflexible <laughs> because, like, is like 
Yeah, I'm like mostly straight, but like I I would be down slash like I think I have some unexplored feelings and. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, that actually mm-hmm. pretty much works where I am right now. I don't know. Yeah, because because I was gonna say like I feel like literally I don't think I have ever observed a hetero relationship even among the most progressive of parents that actually looked equitable to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, it, I, it just does not appear to exist from all of just the anecdotal like examples that I've seen yeah. so far. I've seen it, but right? it's super rare. Yeah, I agree. It's <laughs> pretty rare, especially like when like uh, cultures are a factor behind it, too, because, again, I love my parents. I love my dad, but he didn't do much. He didn't. He did like the bare minimum with like watching me and my siblings. And then when I was like of age, like 10, where I can actually, you know, figure things out, wash dishes and cook the bare minimum food is like, yeah, she got this. It's like father. You're like, I, um, I need help. I don't got this. <laughs> yeah. And like the older we get is like, he's more of like a man baby. I mean, he has some excuse, like he's been through like some illnesses here and there. So he kind of reverts back, which again, men are pathetic when they are sick. So he mm-hmm. always proves my point. But yeah, it's uh, I don't need that. Or Right. I mean, literally all of the men in my on my dad's side of the family are. And that's the white side is the <laughs> our man babies. Yeah. So Talk about I it. mean, he does, he does his best. I mean, he does. He worked hard. He we did for, for his family. He worked odd hours. He could also cook. So that was probably another, you know, golden point in the marriage he did his own chores and all that but comes to like child stuff it's like i think once i reached 10 it was like you know what you got this girl i believe in you it was like um thanks can you pay me now right right (laughs) and and so like there's when the emotional labor conversation started happening however many years ago that was where that kind of came into the popular vernacular there was this thread i don't know if you've ever heard of it called like the the meta filter thread on emotional labor and it's just literally a huge thread of just women documenting various like things that they do that are emotional labor things that are never categorized as like you know actually or recognized as actual labor whether it's like sending holiday cards or like you know just relationship maintenance and shit like that and there's this incredible line from the meta filter thread that i just that i love which is that women are biologically disinclined to be sexually attracted to their caretakees yes yes (laughs) if your husband is like your child like not great for your no, no. <laughs> whole attraction to them as equals. <laughs> oh my god, that makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> Why would I want to have sex with you if you're like my baby? <laughs> <laughs> I listened to this um this uh podcast called Where Should We Where Should We Begin, and it's you know a couple of therapists like administering a couple of therapy to like anonymous people, and it comes up a lot. You know, she's like, she's like. When she's in mom mode, if she has to take care of you, she's not gonna want to fuck you, dude. Like, right? And if you want, logically, if you want to be hot, you should do more. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I've even seen a lot of TikToks about like ways to get your woman horny. It's like, hey, let's don't worry about breakfast. Let me make it for you. Let me take the kids to school. Like, oh, just relax. I'll get the groceries. I'll do dishes. Like, that's so fucking hot. It's like these are. Another thing I'm looking forward to, like if basic I thought, shit. 
yeah, just um, weirdly enough, the basic shit. Like a man doing his chores without being told, that gets me. That's like a whole new enlightenment of sexual attraction that you don't understand until like your mid 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Adi, thanks so much for sitting down with us and sharing so much about your life. <laughs> um, the question that I've been asking everyone now that we're in like cross your fingers, late stage pandemic is like, what are you most excited to get out there and do when, when we can get out there and do. Oh my God. I had a two year plan. Well, it's been two years. I've been delaying this, but once most of the world is okay with my American ass stepping foot there. <laughs> I'm finally taking this month-long Asia trip. So I'm doing Japan, South Korea, Malaysia, Singapore, Hong Kong, maybe Bali. I don't know. Let's see how much money I earn this summer. <laughs> well, Bali's like the cheapest of those places from what I've heard. I know. I'm marketing <laughs> up like five spots. So how much more money do I have left? <laughs> Fam, I'm trying to I'm trying to eat ramen like in Japan. Well, I do have a Japan recommendation, which is that I haven't been to Japan myself. I also really want to go. But apparently there's this amazing island on Japan that people don't really talk about called Naoshima, which is an island that the government basically was trying to deal with their like aging issue, right? Where like there's so many old people in Japan. And so what they did for this particular island is they had a program where if you're a young person who's an artist, they will give you not one, but two apartments for free what? because they have all these apart empty apartments from people dying. And they will let you have one for you to live in and then one as your studio and you can just make art in this apartment. And so basically it's an art island. Wow, wow. And the only requirement for you to like be a part of this program if you're this artist is that you have to do art that involves the old people in like your art projects. And so there's like all these storytelling art projects and it like is super cool. So Geronophile so. love and appreciation island. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's so adorable. Out of everything you could tell me about Japan. That was the most wholesome, thing, the most wholesome sure. thing I've heard recently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. It's uh, definitely that sex based a theme park slash island in Korea. So this is a nice turnaround. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you should do both. I, I have to now. Right. Back Just to celebrate back. all levels of life. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Um, Adi, uh, this is your time. Please plug whatever you want to plug. All right. So again, my show is called Your Odyssey Awaits. I'm available in almost every podcast directory, including, of course, the popular Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'll also have them have the link to my website as well. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram. My tag is uh, uh, Odysseus underscore V2. And yeah, that is it for me. Amazing. And as always, you can find us at I'm the Villain Pod. That's our Gmail, that's our Instagram, and that's our Twitter. Otherwise, bye, everyone. Bye.